Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Michael Fong, your host, other known as Fonger News. Joining me from Minneapolis, we have Nick Pedersen, who is a grad assistant with the University of Men's uh, basketball team with the Minnesota Gophers. So, Nick, thank you for joining. How are you? I'm good, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I always like to set the stage because anyone listening to this, obviously, the goal is to help high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. Most of my audience and followers here from Southern California, we may have them sprinkled around other places as we grow, but those that are listening, we want to talk about the Gophers, Minnesota. Like most people may not be thinking about a Big Ten school uh, out there in the Midwest where it's cold and and the weather might be something you know students are afraid of, but I'm going to get right into it because you are from the Midwest. You're from Verona High School, Madison, Wisconsin, and we're not talking Wisco this time because I do have a lot of followers and listeners that have kids going to Wisconsin, including my daughter, but we're going to talk about Gophers. So why the University of Minnesota, Nick? Yeah, so for me, um, growing up, I'm from uh, the Minneapolis area, so you know, when I lived here, I lived here till I was about six, and you know, me and my dad, me and my brother, we would we would come down to the university and just go to basketball games, football games, any sport. And I kind of fell in love with it over that time. And, you know, then moving to Madison, my friends were the Packers, the Badger fans. Um, you know how that goes. That's a tough, you know, world to live in when you're a Gopher fan and you're a Viking guy. So, um, I told myself in high school, I always, I always wanted to come back. Uh, it was a dream school of mine to come to the University of Minnesota, and you know it paid off. It eventually happened, and you know I've loved every second of it. And you never once thought of going to like Wisco, which is right down the street, or I think you said the U, as in the University of Minnesota, and everyone out there in Minneapolis calls it the U. That's been your dream school. What happens if you didn't get into Minnesota? And I think you have a, a, a different story and a different path that we can talk about, but was it either Minnesota or bust? That's a great question. Um, so it kind of starts, it's, it's, it's a long story, but it starts off with, uh, you know, graduating high school and then not getting accepted to the U. Um, but you know, I was a high school basketball player and I played varsity basketball for two years and I always, you know, wanted to pursue college basketball, you know, as another option. So I decided to go with that route and I ended up going to uh, the University of Aurora, which is about 45 minutes west of downtown Chicago. Um, it's a smaller division three school. And I went there, played hoops for a year, got the grades that I wanted, you know, applied to the University of Minnesota got my uh my letter back one day when I was working my summer job and the rest you know was from there I got in I got accepted uh and if that didn't happen man that's a good question I I probably would have gone back to school at at Aurora for another year you know played basketball and then and then got the grades again but but it all worked out, you know, after one year or so. And everything always does work out and happens for a reason. I'm going to stick on the point where you stated you didn't get accepted to Minnesota after high school. So let's break that down because a lot of students that are listening and parents, sometimes they don't get accepted to the school they want to go to. They have to go to a different alternative, a different route. Why did you not get accepted to Minnesota? Was it grades? Was it academics? 
Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I would say it's a little bit of both. I would say that, um, my grades weren't, you know, necessarily where I wanted them to be. Um, and obviously where the university wanted, wanted them to be. Uh, I thought that my, my extracurriculars were great. Um, so I thought that was a, I hit that one, but, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my GPA wasn't where they wanted to see it at for, uh, for the sports management, um, major. But, you know, everything does happen for a reason. And I say that because I would not have gone, you know, Aurora would have never happened if I got into Minnesota right away. But I feel like that was my plan was to, like I mentioned earlier, I I wanted to play college basketball. This way I got to do both. I got to go play college basketball for a year, get that experience. um, And then I got to get the grades to get into the U. So it was kind of, it was kind of the best of both worlds. Initially, um, I guess I would have loved to, to, to get in here my freshman year, but it doesn't always work out that way, but there's always another option. There's always another plan. And I'll say this, you, there's always another school you can go to do your academics, get the grades you want, um, join some clubs and then boom, apply to this, you know, dream school again and, and move on with that. So that's, that's the route that I took, but I, I mean, I say, I say this a lot, everything does happen for a reason. So that's the way that I'm kind of looking at it. And I like how you said that because that's what I communicate to a lot of students that I talk to as well as parents. Everything happens for a reason. Minnesota, the ACT score is average. You need like a 25, 31 uh, yeah. to get in. How many times did you take the ACT or did you do SAT? Uh, I took the ACT three times. Okay, so that's about right on par with some of the people that listen to this podcast. So sometimes students will say, I just want to take it one time or, you know, they take it one time. They get a great score. The parents keep on pushing. Take it three times, four times. Do you remember the scores you got that was did not get you into Minnesota and why you kept on taking it? Yeah, I do. Um, So I started off with a 19, actually. Um, That was my initial my initial score. you know, not where I wanted to be at. Uh, I ended up, you know, working with somebody that, that gave me some techniques, some tips. Um, and he was awesome. And then next score went up to 22 and then I finished with a 24. So I actually was still below, um, what the university wanted to see, but, uh, my grades that I, you know, finished with at Aurora kind of, took over there and um, ended up getting me accepted. So, And I love this story. So now you're at Aurora. You go there one year. You play basketball there. Uh, and for any of those that are listening, if you, you don't get into your school, don't give up, right? Go to another school right. and, and apply yourself. Maybe even the community college route. What was your grades out of Aurora? And did you, I don't think you had to take an ACT or SAT again. It was probably just your grades transferring your gpa and your classes correct yep yep it was just my uh just my classes um no act no sat um i think i i walked out of aurora with a 3.7 so two semesters there i was you know i was obviously focused on hoops as well but i was locking in on the grades um because i knew where i wanted to get to i had a i had an end goal in mind so that was kind of my focus at aurora i wasn't necessarily at the university of aurora 
I was at the University of Minnesota. I wanted that's where I wanted to be. That's where I shifted a lot of my attention to. So getting my getting those grades it w- was the most important thing for me, um, just so that those could translate over, and you know eventually get me accepted. So Nick, great story. If you had to do it all over again, what advice would you give to that high school student that? might not be focused on academics. They want to go to a college of their choice. And and what would you tell them? What would you tell their parents right now? I would say high school grades are, are very, very important. Um, I definitely took my grades for granted. I would say um, I was not the world's best student in high school. And, you know, it ended up, you know, kicking me in the butt just because, I, you know, like we talked about, I didn't get in right away, but there's always a second route. But I will say that um, you really got to focus on your grades in high school. And, and they do mean a lot. I mean, they mean everything when it comes to college acceptance. And I, I did a lot of sports in high school. So I was a, uh, a varsity letter winner in football or soccer, baseball um, and basketball. So those extracurriculars also help your case. But you know, grades, clubs, sports, that's, that's the route in high school. And I would just tell kids to, to, you know, really focus on those. And now you're at the university of Minnesota. You got in, you were a student manager for three years. Now the graduate assistant, how did you, obviously this podcast is called the student manager. I was a former student manager myself. Let's hear your story. How did you even get involved with the basketball team? Is it something that you knew coming in where you had a connection with the coach already or did you step foot on campus your first second week and said all right i'm gonna just go knock on coach johnson's door tell us the story yeah i got you um so when i when i first got accepted to the university um i took that news in and you know wanting to get into coaching i would i would love to coach at the division one level someday that's that's my dream job um i wanted to find any way to get in with the team any way possible any way any connection you know it's all about connections in this in this field and you know my dad actually uh ended up having a connection with one of the 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 graduate assistants i want to say at the time and it was through a work friend so a work friend of of his reached out to the grad assistant um you know forwarded my name my interest kind of a little background information. And then from there, he contacted me. We exchanged emails um, for a while. And then that summer, I went up, you know, at the end of August, right before I was about to move up. And I interviewed for the student manager position. um, And I ended up getting it, uh, which was great, you know, a great stepping stone to get to where I want to get to. But that initial process was all a small, small, small connection that my dad had right. with somebody who knew the grad assistant on the team. So no actual personal relationship. It's just, it was just a small connection. Um, you know, a, a good email, a, you know, just reaching out, um, uh, showing my interest. And from there, it just, it just kind of, I just kind of rolled with it and, I got the job uh, and, you know, then I was a manager for three years. So that's kind of how I got in the position that I'm in right now. Nick, and you're probably learning not only in your three years that you were at the U and now as your graduate graduate assistant, is it all about 
connections. I tell my students that are listening, I tell parents, it's all about connections. Not only everything works out at the end of the day, but who you know. More importantly, it's who knows you. Right. Yeah, I, I will I will have to agree with that. Um, obviously, there's a lot more to it, but connections are, are massive, man. Like, especially in the field that I want to get into and, you know, other fields as well. It, it's just, it's huge. You got to rub people off the right way. And even if they just know your name or, or your background story, it's like they know who you are. Right. And, and, you know, building some sort of a relationship connection is, is huge because you really never know who you're around, who's watching you, uh, you know, who you're in the same room with. So, you know, handling yourself the right way, um, doing things the right way. You just never know who's going to be watching, who's going to be listening. And from there you can form connections. You can, you can form relationships. So I will say that that connections are, are huge coming out of college, even coming out of high school. So I'm glad you reiterated exactly what I communicate a lot on this podcast. It's about networking and, and who knows you, who, you know, you know, the door can get open but at the end of the day, you right. got to close it. Right. University of Minnesota, it's in Minneapolis, right? My corporate headquarters, my real job when I'm not doing podcasting, our headquarters is located out in Minneapolis. I love going there in the summertime. It stays light until like 9, 9.30. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I've also been there in February when there's a blizzard and it's minus 10 degrees. So especially for those listeners out here in California, why the University of Minnesota? How are they going to get accustomed to the cold and preparing them for it? <laughs> and it, it it takes a little bit. I'm gonna say. Uh, so a lot of a lot of our 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 guys, our players are are from warmer areas, and you know a, a winter jacket can do so much. So I, I will say that it it is tough initially. It's it's so cold, like it's it's, it's freezing. You don't want to go outside, um, especially coming from a, let's say a place like California. Um, it's, it's a huge climate change and you will get adjusted. You will, because we have a lot, we have a lot of students at the U from, um, California, Arizona, uh, Florida, Texas area. I know a lot, a lot of my friends are from there. So, and, and they're doing just fine, but it, it does take a little bit of time, you know, to, to adjust to, I will say. Nick, I always tell parents, like, just go buy a Canada goose. Do you have a Canada goose? I do not have a Canada goose, but that will do the job. <laughs> well, you're from the Midwest, so you don't need a Canada goose. People out here, yeah, <laughs> right? And they even say, well, what's a Canada goose? Yeah, I, I'm a little more accustomed to it. Just, you know, Wisconsin. Wisconsin gets pretty cold, too. Um, I just I just remember the coldest day I've ever had was up here. It was like minus 45 with a wind chill and, you know, we, we couldn't go outside, but yeah, I, I will say I'm, I'm definitely more accustomed to it, but a Canada goose would be nice. Let's just say that. All right. So minus 45 with wind chill. I think the coldest I was in Madison visiting my daughter, it was minus 20 minus 25. So I think you're only allowed to be outside for eight minutes, 10 minutes before like they consider it frostbite. So yep. when it, it does get that cold, I mean, the students might want to hear this. Does class cancel? Class was canceled for a week. Yes. Well, there you go. There's, we had, a, there's a benefit right there. Students oh, are going to yeah, love that. A, there, yeah, there's always a benefit. Um, if, if it's cold enough, you know, you're going you're gonna to get the class canceled. And we, I just remember we had a whole week off. I think it was 
I want to say two years ago, just because we had a, we had a cold front come in that was, you know, just lingering around for a whole week. And it was, it was so cold, man. Like with the wind, you could walk outside for five minutes and you would, you would be frostbit. So, right. So let's talk about the classes. Your major was sports management and you did that undergrad and you never, you stuck with your major. Most guests I have on, sometimes they talk about switching their majors a lot. So you stuck with your major, correct? I did. Yeah. I, uh, I graduated my undergrad with, with sports management and then for grad school, it's, there wasn't a, a lot of options for me. So I, I kind of just rolled with, with sports management again. I thought getting a, getting a master's degree in that would, would look well. So I decided to, to just stick with it and, and get the advanced degree. So Minnesota has a lot of students, undergrad students. What was your biggest undergrad class? Whew, I want to say 300, maybe more. We, uh, we have these huge, massive theater, like, like classes. Um, and they're just, they're, there's so many, so many kids. Uh, I had a couple like that, my, my sophomore and my junior year. And I don't even know how the, I don't know how they grade. I don't know how they grade. I don't know what they, but there was like six TAs. Um, I was it, gonna, it was a lot. I was going to say, did the professor even know who you were or was it more, you knew who the TAs were that managed probably 30 students each? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how it went. Um, TAs had a group professor had no idea who I was. No idea. I, you know, I, I sat in the back, I, I did my work, I got my job done, but you know, I didn't, I didn't, no, nah, it, it was too, there were too many kids, too many kids. Yeah. But Nick, you were on the basketball team. It wasn't like <laughs> the grad assistant at the time coming in, peeking his head in. Cause I'm sure you had some classes with other basketball players that they were checking in, making sure you were in class. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, they, the, uh, the GAs, uh, would check on our players, um, Student managers, they kind of, you know, our job was was to, you know, make sure the players were good, make sure everybody gets to class. They didn't necessarily check on us. It was it was our expectation to go to class, though. I was going to say that that's part of the, being a student manager. You shouldn't be the problem. You should be the solution, as my coach Greenberg, Seth Greenberg, always used to tell me. Right. So let's talk about walking through that campus. Uh, sell me, paint, paint the story. I've been on that campus once. Again, it was very green. Uh, mm-hmm. trees mm-hmm. in the summer the athletic facilities were amazing there's that big sign that says minnesota like a lower yep. campus right i I, yep. I crossed over the bridge in town the town seemed kind of quaint but let's talk about like some of the landmarks there are favorite parts of the campus where you like to be where do you like to hang out uh i love you know if i'm gonna go for a walk go for a run just just hang out with friends uh there's a, there's a bridge called the Stone Arch Bridge. Um, it, it, it basically divides Minneapolis downtown area where you can, you know, see all the, the skyscrapers and all the big buildings and then our campus. So you, you cross that, you can see both sides of, of our campus and Minneapolis, which is super cool. I love walking across there. Um, and then I also, I really love going to our, our Memorial Union. So Kaufman Memorial Union is our, is our student union and, they got bowling down there. They got tons of places to eat, relax. You can study, um, hang out, you know, chat with friends. But it, it's just a super cool area to hang out. And it's right in the middle of campus. So we have like our, our campus um, walkway, which is just a, it's a there's just so many, so many buildings. And it's all the, the grass is super green. 
especially in the spring trees look great it's it's just a super beautiful um area to be in and then our campus is massive like it's huge so the buses are nice it's a it's a nice way to get around transportation um they'll drop you off right at your class um but i i just love the big feel about it um being in a super you know being in a big city and and being at a big university it just i that's that's my take on it but i there's just so much going on there's so much to do um so many so many people to meet uh it, it's just it's an awesome university people are super friendly super nice um now what's the motto there, there's a motto about nice right is it yeah yeah minnesota nice uh that's our motto you know all people are just friendly up here <laughs> are we're they fr really friendly fr <laughs> yeah we're, no we're friendly people we are i would have to agree with that all right, so it's springtime. People are getting out now. Don't take this the wrong way, but uh, you know I got to paint the picture. I think of Midwest, especially when I go back to Wisconsin in the winter. Everyone's like white and pasty. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for <laughs> sure, absolutely. I I'm very pasty. So do people like just in April or May? They're probably jumping out in the sun, right at 40, 50 oh, yeah. degrees, and for sure. that's like a warm summer sunny day for them. Yeah, it's it's April 11th. And it's 50 degrees here and I've never seen more people outside today <laughs> than I have. It's been it's been five months since I've seen this many people outside. And, it, you know, they're, they're in shorts, leaving shorts. People are getting out there. They're getting their vitamin e, uh, C and E. Absolutely. Absolutely. When it when, when it gets sunny and it's 50 up here, people are outside in, you know, their shirt off, shorts, whatever. They're not cold. I, I love it. I love it. So can you tell when someone's not from Minnesota or the Midwest? For sure. Okay. So, so be specific. Like when do you know someone's from the West coast, California, Arizona, or Florida, when you see them walking on campus? <laughs> I will say probably when it's, when it's winter time, winter's about to end, it's starting to warm up towards spring and it's probably, you know, 30, 40, and they are bundled up in a winter jacket, you know, boots, pants, the whole deal. And then we got people across the street in, in shorts and a short sleeve shirt or a long sleeve shirt. That's, that's where you can really tell the difference. I would say. When's the last time you stepped foot in the library? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, it's been probably two years to be honest with you. I, I have not gone to the library a whole lot since I've been here. I love using our practice facility to study. Um, we have a great, you know, locker room to study in film room or like the, 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 uh, study rooms upstairs are super nice as well, but that's a good question. It's been a while. It's been a while. And those that are listening, obviously it's called the student manager podcast. I get different perspectives from guests, but since it was you know, about 30 days, four weeks of college basketball, March Madness. I, I, I had this mini series, right? I brought in a lot of managers from men's programs and women's programs. And so people can get a little behind the scenes. Like what does a manager do? Uh, what are the perks? What are the benefits? What do you love the most about being a student manager? I, I mean, obviously the room that you're doing this podcast from, it's the film room. So you're right. You can study there. You can just hang out. Uh, but what are some of the perks that you love? Right. Um, for me personally, I, I love doing this job because I know it's a stepping stone for me um, to ho hopefully get to where I want to in my career. So how I try to do my job um, has changed a little bit since I initially was a student manager. Um, I struggled 
at first I did. Um, I didn't fully understand the role as a student manager coming from, from being a player. Um, it was a little different for me and I had, you know, I had to adjust and understand that my job is to be invisible. My job is to do the things, the little things, important things, obviously, but I want to be invisible. I want to get the job done. And for me, it's, it's right now it's building relationships, it's building connections. And right now I'm trying to take everything in from our practices that, you know, coach Johnson is saying, our assistants. Um, I'm trying to soak all that information in and try to learn as much as I can about coaching and coach, coaching division one college basketball players, because, you know, that's what I eventually want to do. So, you know, I, I, I love, I love the whole aspect of, of being around the facility, um, you know, being with our coaches, being with our players, building relationships with them. But the big thing for me is really, is really uh, is learning from these coaches. And, you know, I, I'm so blessed with the opportunity to, to be a grad assistant and to learn from a new staff such as Coach Johnson's because um, they, they are awesome. And, and soaking up all that information and just, just literally just watching, just watching these, these coaches, right. watching our student athletes. Um, that's huge for me. And that, that is, that, that is the most that I'm, I'm taking out of this right now, I'll say. And Nick Pedersen is our guest referring to coach Ben Johnson, who just finished his first year at the university of Minnesota. If a manager or a future, should I say candidate that wants to be a manager, I don't care if it's male or female for a program. What advice yep. would you give them? Because you said you learned the hard way. Now you're a grad assistant, but you were three years uh, managing the program. Um, what would you have done differently? What what advice can you give? That's a great question. I I will say that that I just I wasn't fully invested as I should have been. Um, you know, there would be times where where I would have an opportunity to rebound for a player, and I would choose to to do something else. So I would say that. Initially, in my first probably a year and a half, two years, I, I didn't get fully out of it what I what I could have and I wasn't putting in what I should have. So I'll say that that, you know, working my tail off last summer to get get this GA job was huge. But I should have been doing that the first three years. And for anybody who wants to be a student manager, you, you know, you're not going to get you're not going to get the praise. You're not going to get the, the spotlight ever. It's never going to happen. You are the behind the scenes. You are invisible. And you are doing this because you want to do something else. That That is what I say. You're doing this because you want to do something else later. You want to get further in this career, um, such as a coach, an AD, a job in the NBA, you know, a job in the WNBA, um, essentially a job in sports because all of these you know, these awesome people at the University of Minnesota who are invested in athletics know, know people everywhere. They got connections everywhere, right? So so I will say that, you know, wanting to be a student manager, it's a tough job. Um, and, you know, you're not a good fit if you're just coming in to to be around the team and, you know, be, be having access to these facilities or whatnot. You want to come in and, and you want to have a, a goal in mind. So that, that's kind of what I would say about that. And Nick, it's a full-time job. Most students, yeah. we're going to get into this. Now let's talk about the balance of social life. And I get it. Yeah. Your your first two years, you might have not been invested. And 
I could say the same thing when I was back at Long Beach State. I look back at it now, I would do things completely different. And yeah. if I had to go into yeah. a, a specific direction, you're you're going into the coaching direction. I talked to a lot of managers and, and, and former student managers. I said, I probably would have gone the athletic administration, the business development, the AD uh, responsibilities. But that's if I had to do it all over again. So there's advice you gave was amazing. Let's talk about now, how did you balance that academics, your basketball? And um, let's face it, people that are listening, they want a college life. They might want the Greek life, fraternity, sorority, football, tailgate. Let's go get hammered. Let's go get wasted. Like, let's go party. How did you balance that? Yeah, um, good question. I would say in my first three years, you know, in undergrad, my sophomore, my junior, and my senior year, it wasn't as difficult as it was this year. Um, like I mentioned, basketball wasn't, I would say it's the, it was the priority, but it wasn't as much of a priority as it should have been. So I was able to, you know, miss out on basketball things or, or be not be there because I was doing something else socially or I was doing something else school-wise. It wasn't as hard to, to balance school, social, and basketball just because the three of them were pretty even on my priority list at the time. Right. So I was, I was able to balance all them. I could kind of do what I wanted, but that's before I, I really understood that I'm not going to get anything out of this. If I, if I keep doing what I'm doing, if I keep, you know, I was a good, I was a solid manager, but I wasn't, I just, I needed to be better. And I figured that out um, kind of, you know, after COVID hit and, going into my senior year, I was, I was ready to, you know, lock in and, and be a good student manager, um, be a lot better than I had been. And then, you know, we got shut down for the year. And then, you know, this past summer, I just, I was just trying to be around. I was trying to be available. I was rebounding for guys. I, I just, I just really wanted to, to pursue this. And, and I knew that I wanted to get into college basketball and division one coaching. So, I kind of just worked towards it and, and got there. But this year was was a lot balance wise, I'll say, because obviously grad school is tough. Um, it's a step up from undergrad. There's a lot of a lot of work, a lot of papers involved. And then my job as, as a grad assistant was, you know, a, a full time job as well. I, I was always trying to be around if coaches need anything, if, if players need anything like I was trying to be the, the guy there and, and get all that done. And then. I also worked at a bar. So uh, our grad assistant role was a volunteer job. So, so I wasn't getting, uh, I wasn't getting any uh, money. Right. So I, I, I work at a bar too. And, and that's a 8 PM to, to 3 PM job. Um, I, I try to get, you know, two or three shifts a week just so that I can, I can pay rent. I can, you know, pay for gas, um, pay for food, living expenses. So, so that bar, the bar as well, you know, that takes a lot of time away from basketball and school. What's the name of the bar? Uh, it's the College Club uh, Dinky Town. So it's right right in the heart of our, our, our campus. Um, it's about two, two and a half years old, but it's a, it's a pretty cool place. I like working there. Would you say, like, is it the upperclassmen or is it lowerclassmen with fake IDs? What's the clientele coming in since it's right there on campus? Yeah, it's it's the upperclassmen bar. So you're not you're not going to get in with a fake ID. Now, 
who's saying that, all right, so it's upperclassmen. So junior, seniors, definitely if you're 21, you want to you want to go to the bar and, and ask for Nick. He's going to be the bartender, right? Yeah. What's your favorite drink you, that you like to make or that's most popular? Uh, the most popular drink at the college club, I'm going to say it's one of our own. It's called a berry water lime. It's, it's berry, three olives, um, water, like literal water, and then lime juice. And people love it. People love it. What's the alcohol? It's it's berry three olives. It's vodka. All right. So this is kind of new. Those of you listening, it, it is that a Midwest? Is that vodka out there? Your very own? I th- yeah, I think so. I think I think three olives is a Midwest thing. Do you guys do you guys have that out in California? You know what? I'm gonna have to check on that one because there's so <laughs> many. Right? Everyone's either yeah. doing Tito's or or still. It depends on uh, on your grade or. or Right. But bear, berry olives. We will look that one up. But so you put a little mineral water and some lime juice in there. Yep. There you go. There you go. Now, do they serve food there? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's bar food. So, you know, tenders, cheese curds, fries, you know, all the, the bar food and then burgers. We got burgers. Now, if you're a freshman or sophomore, what's the beat on the street for like the younger crowd can get into with if they have a fake id or somehow however they get into the bars sally saloon um it's it's on the other side of campus but that that's where you want to go that's what i've been told if, if you got a fake id that's where you want to go sally so, saloon you probably see all the underclassmen all like 18 19 year olds there 20 year olds i'll say there's a lot of them there yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right so how is it on game day oh it's it's campus is awesome game day is Depending on when the game starts, I mean, and the weather, obviously, but like people are out early, tons of tailgates. We have a ton of student housing, like actual houses. So there's a ton of, you know, um, parties on game day. Uh, the apartments are all are all jumping. Um, the bars are crazy, but uh, game days are awesome here. It's, it's kind of our, our staple. And um, I, I personally love our game days. Um, I've always had a great time doing them, but campus is wild is what I would say for game days. And PJ flex really turned the atmosphere around, right. Uh, yeah. Of the whole school. I mean, it's now they're starting to win. They have the whole row your boat. Uh, yeah. but when you say a lot of apartments, people are out there tailgating it, it is, and I'm trying to remember is there also like for, you know, the graduates or the alumni or just fans in general, is there like a big parking lot? Because if I transition it to some schools out here in Southern California, people park and tailgate and put up their tents in Wisconsin. You can't really do that. It's very limited. So most of the tailgating is for students at the fraternities or at yeah. restaurants, should I say, how is, how is that kind of compare with Minnesota? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Take Wisconsin. There's not a lot of big parking lots, but, uh, up here we have a couple that are right next to, you know, TCF bank, or if it's for a basketball game, Williams arena, we have, we have, I want to say three or four pretty big lots that, that are, that people tailgate in. And it's a, it's a variety of people. Um, students will tailgate there, alumni, grad, you know, grad students, um, fans in general, but, even on campus, like it's, there's parents around, there's grad stu- students around, there's, you know, obviously regular students, but it, it's a mixture of everybody, I would say. And talking about just the social scene, the bar scene, talk about tailgating. How is, for those that are interested in Greek life, 
fraternities and sororities? What can you highlight and touch on that? I would say that um, our sororities and our fraternities are all, it's super cool because we have like a frat row. So like University Avenue is, um, it's all frats and it's all sororities or actually it's just fraternities just on University Ave. It's all fraternities. So when you're driving down on a game day, like it's packed with, you know, a ton of people, like the streets almost shut down. And then the sororities kind of have their own little um, area too in the back of Dinky Town. But I, I, you know, I, when I was in Greek life, I loved it. Um, I was in a frat and it was, um, it was awesome. I, I met a lot of my, you know, really close friends today and it always gave me something to do. So I will say that if, you know, if you're coming up here from, you know, different part of the United States, meeting a lot of people and, uh, making connections is, is a great route to go, uh, in Greek life. So Nick, what fraternity did you rush? What were you part of? Uh, I was in Fiji. So it's Phi Gamma Delta. Fiji. All right. So Fiji's out there. I know at Wisconsin and Washington, those are where my daughters go. They talk about Fiji a lot and those dudes are cool. How was the rush experience? Uh, you know, a parent might be listening saying, Oh, I don't want my son or even daughter to go through rush or a, a high school student might be saying, "Uh Oh, are they going to haze me? You hear those stories high level without you disclosing too much information the whole rush experience and being part of the fraternity brotherhood, because you had to balance that with academics and basketball. I did the same thing as a SIG app. Right. right? So let's talk about Fiji, the rush and, and the house itself. Yeah. Rush was awesome. It was, you know, the initial, the initial, uh, time where I got to meet the people in my, you know, pledge class and develop those first relationships. And it was, you know, kind of all of us against, you know, it almost felt like all of us against the chapter at the time. So we just, you know, Rush was awesome because we got to stick together as a group and develop, you know, super good relationships, get to know your pledge brothers. Um, you know, it was it was a good time. It was it was laid back, it, you know, nothing, uh, nothing crazy, but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And, and you know, it, it was good to, to get into Fiji. And um, I ended up actually dropping my senior year. Uh, just for some other reasons, but the two years that I was in the frat, you know, it, it was, a, it was a really good time and I'm glad I did it. Did you ever live in the fraternity house? Absolutely not. <laughs> you said absolutely not. And it's funny because I have parents that's like, my son is that, that it's filthy. It's dirty. It's yeah, stinky. Yeah, just yeah. W- what was that house like? Like every other fraternity house? Nasty. It was disgusting, man. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It, I could not live there. No chance. I would go there and hang out and I'd be like, what are you guys doing? Like you guys, you at least clean this up a little bit. Like, no, nah, I, I no chance I could live there. All right. So Fiji, where, where do they rank in, in the fraternities, upper tier, mid tier or bottom tier? Man, that's a good question. I actually don't know. I would say, I would say here, I would say, um, man, I would say more middle tier, I think. Okay. Maybe right outside of the top, top six. Right, like upper middle tier, lower top tier. Yeah. So now, if a female's listening, what's what? What are some of the top sororities out there? Which ones would they want to be interested in? I would say at the University of Minnesota, I would go with uh, Kappa, AFI, and and probably Pi Phi. Okay. The top, the top three, 
yeah, that's what I would say. All nationally known. Uh, my daughter's actually a Kappa at Wisco. Really? Yeah, she's a Kappa at Wisco. And I got to talk about this because all my Wisconsin friends, the parents are like, all right, we have a rivalry with Minnesota, the Axe. Like, we have a rivalry with Iowa. We have a rivalry with number. I guess really there's only one rivalry. It's the, you know, the bordering state, Minnesota, the yeah. Axe. From a Minnesota perspective, because you lived in Madison, Wisconsin, talk about the acts and the rivalry. Man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. There's, there's nothing that matters more to me during the college <laughs> football. I, I don't care if we're zero and eleven. I don't care, I don't care what it is. I just want to just beat Wisconsin, man. I just want to beat them every single time. I cannot stand Wisconsin athletics. Just because it's nothing, it's just because I'm a Gopher fan. Right. And I grew up around a bunch of Badger fans, and traditionally they were, they have been, you know, kicking our butt. And big brother, little brother. Yeah, you can say that. You can say <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can't do Wisconsin. I just, I can't. And, and winning the Axe last year was awesome. Loved it. I think I ran to the game at halftime because we were winning by, three touchdowns i was just i just wanted to be at the game i don't know i was at the bar and then i just ran to the game that was a big game because it eliminated wisconsin yeah. from playing in the big 10 championship right so it's interesting talking to someone that just hates wisconsin athletics i promote wisconsin a lot and i'm involved yeah. in their athletic program um you know helping out but i love it because i know that passion because here in southern california my wife went to UCLA. So it's like we hate USC. Like I hate right. USC. <laughs> right. Like, can you say that you hate Wisconsin? I wouldn't say I hate Wisconsin. I would say, I mean, I, I, I live in, I, or my parents live in Madison. Um, I've, I've become more fond of, of Wisconsin just because playing or, you know, being on, on a staff in the big 10, um, you want your conference to do well. Yes. And, you know, you want to root for other teams in your conference. And, you know, I love going to play at the Cole Center. I love when the Badgers come here. It's a great environment. Um, I just necessarily don't need to see them. I don't know. I, I would love to just be Wisconsin every time, as anybody would. But, yeah, it's Wisconsin means a little bit more is what I would say. That's how I would describe my feelings towards Wisconsin. Nick's very opinionated. He won't be shy. Yeah. I have to one a, a goal this year is it depends on how both teams are doing. Well, my goal is to see what the record is. And at the end of November, my daughter's gonna be, I think, living out there in Madison. I might I, I want to go to an axe game. I don't know if yeah. it's gonna be in Minneapolis or Madison, but I already asked, I go, is it gonna be a night game? They're like, it'll never be a night game. And I was like, okay, because I want to experience Camp Randall at night. But I would love to go see the Minnesota game. And it might be this year when they're at home. Yep. I don't know. I do want to check out a game at the barn. Hopefully you're there. Mm -hmm. I've never yep. been there. I've heard about the barn. And for those that are listening, before we wrap up, the barn is a very unique basketball arena. And since we have the student manager, former student manager and grad assistant on, I know Wisconsin was doing like barn drills when they roll and fall off the court. So yeah. explain that high level. Those that are listening why the barn's so special and why you got to like practice loose ball drills. Right. Yeah. The barn, the barn is historic, man. It's, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a landmark on campus and it, it, it can't be taken down. 
I don't think it can, it can be, you know, if somebody wanted to, it, it literally can't be taken down. It's, it's been here for so long. And it's it, when you walk inside, walk inside, it's Williams arena is the, is the name of it. But when you walk inside, it, it looks like you're in a barn. Yes. Like you, you look up at the, at the roof and, and you're in an actual barn. And then to add on top of that, like we're running upstairs to get onto the court. Like our players are running upstairs, like we're below ground. So it's like, it's a, you're not just walking onto the court, you're going upstairs and then you're going up another level to get onto the court because the court is raised. So that's why, that's when you hear about a lot of away teams doing drills where you dive off the edge to save a loose ball or whatnot, or to just, you know, stop yourself from running. Cause you have to be careful of, of falling off because the court is raised. So and it's a super cool court though. It's awesome. All right, Nick. I'm going to have to let you know when I'm in town uh, <laughs> to check out either a basketball, most likely it'd be a basketball game because I'm more, yeah. I want to see the barn football. I'll probably go see that at Wisconsin. Um, it's been great having you on this podcast. And like I said, you might have to join my mini series called mm-hmm. the hiring manager, right? Because you talked a little bit about it in this episode, just the networking and the contacts are what you need to do to take it to the next step, the next level, because most of my guests that I have, on this podcast, they eventually graduate, but they don't even know how to network. They don't know how to get a job. They don't know a 30 second high level um, elevator pitch. So we're gonna tease my audience and followers. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Nick Pedersen, 30 second elevator pitch, who you are and why I should hire you. My name is Nick Pedersen. I'm from uh, the University of Minnesota and I'm a graduate student. I am a hard worker. Um, I'm dedicated to whatever role that I might be placed in. And I am goal oriented. I want to, you know, I set my mind to something and I'm going for it as a student manager. I want to be a grad assistant as a grad assistant. I want to be a coach from there on. You just got to, you know, go with it, roll with it, do your work, do it well, stay invisible, uh, do the right thing when nobody's watching and, and, and you're going to be all right. Boom. Well said. Boom. It is. I might have to steal that clip and use that as a promo. You nailed it. I can drill you even deeper next time because you have a lot of great content in there, high level. <laughs> and now someone that's actually interviewing that wants to look at you, they, they're going to follow up with some of those questions. But you nailed it, Nick. Very impressed. And that, that was that was total ad lib. <laughs> total ad lib yeah. on the student manager. So again, thank you for joining. And this was a great episode for those of you that are learning or want to learn about the University of Minnesota. Students and parents, again, we're helping. You can listen to every podcast, talk about different colleges, unique experiences, real raw stories from the guests themselves. Nick Pedersen, graduate of University of Minnesota, currently a graduate assistant, looking to be the next head coach. Who knows? Might be interviewing him one day and see him on (laughs) ESPN. Uh, working his way up. Thank you for having us. Fonger News, out.